Aloha, this is One God Church Online's podcast. I'm Reverend Enoch, and I have your title. This is Battlefieldology 101D. Praise God. Welcome to 101D. Let us begin in a short prayer and pray that God blesses and breathes into this message. Amen? Heavenly Father, we come into your presence. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father God, give us everything that you have in store for us. Don't leave anything out. Let today be the day that all the prayers that we rolled up to you, all the petitions that we put before you, Father God, we pray that you answer them. And that it be your will, Father God, and you just move mightily in our lives. Let your Holy Spirit mightily come upon us to do good works, to do your works, that you prosper in us, that the Word of God, that your Word prospers in our lives when we're living in the Word of God. Not just thumbing through it or breezing through it, that we're living in your Word, Father God. Deliver us from ourselves and our sinful nature, the propensity to go back to the same thing over and over, to, to gratify our flesh and not be glorifying you. We praise you, Father God, and we thank you for who you are. You are God alone. We praise you and thank you, Lord. Thank you for everything that you've done that we didn't see. And though there's things that we need and wants and, and desires of our heart that we've prayed and these things that we've put before you, and some of us are afraid to ask that, give us the strength to ask. Give us the patience to wait. And open our eyes that we may see and our ears that we may hear. Lord, anything that would hinder our prayers from being answered, hinder our lives from stepping into the best season of our lives in this season right now, Lord. Remove any obstacles, Father God. Give us a spiritual hunger for your word that we would chop through miles and miles of vegetation just to get to your word, Father God. That we would swim through shark-infested waters, Father God. Give us that hunger that we would swim through shark-infested waters just to get to your word, to feed, to feed, Father God, on your word. And a hunger, Father God, that, that just keeps on coming. That hunger where we just need your word, Father God, in our lives. Give us a hunger to pray, Father God, to seek and to pray, to ask for things, to pray for other people, to not be so self-centered or situational-centered, Father God, but to focus on other things as well and to pray for other people, the needy, Father God. We pray that you deliver us from racism. Deliver us from, from going out and trying to do everything we, we do on our own, to try to go off in our own little sex of people and, and all kinds of cliques and these things and to, and to just tag our name on a wall. And, oh, it's just us. Lord, help us to be more about being people and being a community of people instead of being off by ourselves and being depressed. We need you, Lord. Help us to be godly people. Help us to get more God-focused and to have more of a heart like you, Father God. To truly love one another. Stop fighting and bickering over things that are meaningless. Be our God, Father God. As we come into your presence, we need you, Lord. We call on you. You are God alone. Breathe into our lives, Lord. 
breathe into this message. If there's any theological error in this message, Father God, we pray that you make it straight. If there's anything crooked about it, anything crooked about our ways of thinking, make it straight. If there's any negativity attached to racism or, or being in cliques of people because we're thinking of fashion or that's just the way I am. Help us to understand, Father God, that we're setting ourselves against the world, that we're setting ourselves against each other and we're not really loving one another. That we're taking that pill of hate and the enemy is deceiving us. Help us to see that, Father God. Breathe into this message. Bring it to life. Deliver us from anything that can be held against us in the courts of heaven by Satan or any of his evil latching cohorts in Jesus' name. Absolve and acquit us of any charges that could be held against us. Right now in the courts of heaven, let Jesus' blood speak on our behalf. Set us free, Father God. Set us free. One body, one mind, one church. For you, Lord every nation upon nation, every race, every creed, every color, Lord, touch us all. Let salvation come to the world. Let salvation come to the world globally. Not just one country, not just one part of people, but globally, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Put a hedge of protection around this message, around people's lives, Lord. As we go about our day-to-day -day lives, we ask that you move miraculously. Let your Holy Spirit mightily come upon us. Fill us up. Reign in our lives. Dramatically, a hundred-foot tidal wave of the Holy Spirit. Yes, just crash into our lives. Crash on our lives. Rolling up on the shores of our lives in each and every aspect of our lives. Spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally. Wherever you see fit, Father God. But truly, let us have that hunger, Father God, to climb the highest mountain to do impossible feats just to get to your word. That kind of hunger, Lord. A spiritual buffet. And let us feed on it as we come into this message. In nomine Padre, Afili, Espirito Santos, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, both now and age, now, uh, now and ever unto ages of ages, in Jesus' mighty name, let it be so. Let there be light, love, and laughter, healing, set free, Breaking the chains of bondage. Every demonic oppression or possession in Jesus' name set free. Go in Jesus' name. Praise the name of God. Let healing and restoration begin. And let light truly start to burn. And the fire to start inside of us. Of a spiritual revival that cracks the world wide open with salvation and being set free. In Jesus' name. Welcome to Battlefieldology 101D. You know, Satan the devil has a plan to destroy us. And often he uses four Ds. And we will list them here. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 11 says, and this is kind of like a spiritual OSHA, you know, for our spiritual safety, for our spiritual safety, we must not be ignorant of his devices. For our spiritual safety, we must not be ignorant of his devices. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Number one, disappointment. Anytime we look to people, we can be disappointed. But if we trust and believe in God, we won't be put to shame. Again, let's re well, I'll repeat uh, each of these twice, yeah, so that we can kind of, uh, if we missed it, we can kind of jot him down. Disappointment. Anytime we look to people, we can be disappointed. 
But if we trust and believe in God, we won't be put to shame. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6. Number 2, discouragement. When we dwell on disappointments, it automatically leads to discouragement. But God has given us the scriptures to encourage us. Amen? Discouragement, number two. When we dwell on disappointments, it automatically leads us to discouragement. But God has given us the scriptures to encourage us. Joshua chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. And John chapter 14, verses 1 and 3, and verse 27. Number three, doubt. Doubt. Number three is doubt. Discouragement left unchecked leads to doubt. Discouragement, you know, left unchecked leads to doubt. When Peter took his eyes off of Christ and focused on the wind, which caused the waves, he began to sink. So number three, doubt. Discouragement left unchecked leads to doubt. Look at that story. When Peter took his eyes off of Christ and focused on the wind, which caused the waves, he doubted. And he could no longer walk on water. Jesus walked on water. Uh, the actual uh, recording account of that happening is found in Matthew chapter 14, verses uh, 29 through 31. Number four, division. Doubts and worries can lead to division. Doubts and worries can lead to division of our loyalties. These can also lead to divisions between people and distancing from God. Number four, division. So true. Doubts and worries can lead us to division, division of our loyalties. These can also lead to divisions between people and distancing from God. Being aware of these devices can help us fight against them and focusing on God's plan instead. Amen? So, so being aware of these devices can help us fight against them and focus on God's plan instead of focusing on all those things. It seems when we focus on the negative, we get snared by it. But we need to know what's going on. What kind of tools is the enemy using? We need a battle theology. We need a battle plan so that when we get out here, boots on the ground, being faith walkers and following Jesus, not just pures, but doers of the word, when we start walking out in faith, we need to know what is the enemy trying to do to stop us? What kind of stuff is he going to use to put hindrances in our lives so that our prayers don't get answered, so that our life isn't in the full fullness of who God says we are, so that we are fulfilled? So what kind of stuff does the enemy use? We need to know. How does he, where does he go? He comes straight to our home. So being aware of these can help us fight against them. And we can focus on God's plan instead. Let us hold fast. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promises faithful. Amen. Hebrews 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 23. Let me say it again with the enthusiasm of that of a soldier of Christ. Standing at the mountain with the bullhorn, roaring it out. Let this be the lion that you hear 
in, in, in the Serengeti, let you in the Sahara, wherever it is, let you hear that lion roar, the holy lion of Judah roaring. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promises faithful, amen, taking up that shield of faith and smacking the sword and saying, who? You know, getting pumped up, getting pumped up for battle, knowing that, man, I need to pick that thing up. I need some energy. I need some zeal. I need some hunger. I need to be doing something actively. When we resist the devil, it's an action we need to actively be resisting. We just say, oh, no, you don't tell me that. And then just walk away. We need an action that needs to be active. Yeah, walking away could be the action. I'm saying, but we need to understand that it's not just, not just throwing up our hand being like, no takes a little bit more action sometimes of saying no. Sometimes we have to turn the phone off, turn the computer off. Sometimes we need to stop watching whatever we're watching. Stop listening to whatever we're listening to. Stop hanging around those people. Screw the cat back on the bottle. Maybe pour the bottle out. Stop doing those things. Stop smoking, maybe. Whatever it is, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. So in our relationships, now listen to me here, this is going to be very helpful for us. So in our relationships, Satan will distract. Now, now let me just use... The, the woman as, as the example here, the woman and the man, okay? And, and so we can look at this and uh, understanding. Let, let, us, let me paint this for you too. Let me paint this for you. It's because a woman has a seed in her life already of rejection. And that seed of rejection is worn on the sleeve. So whatever point in life the woman was rejected in the childhood or all throughout her life, even up till now, as now she is a woman, she has faced rejection. She knows what it's like. And that is, a, that is a seed and a stronghold that the devil uses against the woman. Rejection. So the, she comes to the man with the, with the meal or, or, or here comes this magazine. I would like these shoes. Yeah, 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 they're expensive, whatever, you know. She's rejected, even on the smallest little tedious things that we don't even think as men. And even friends of women, we, we, may not, we may not be conscious that, that we, are rejecting, we are rejecting our friends. It's a hard pill to swallow. Women are rejected often and, it's, and, it, and it ends up being very uh, damaging. Spiritually, physically, financially. Every aspect of the woman's life, rejection ends up hurting the woman in so, on so many levels. And where a man, uh, his, his seed could be, his seed of, of, uh, of, of being, could, could be also being, all of these D's into one. But, but it, would, it would start with, with him being distracted by, by uh, this formula here. And we'll, we'll play this out. We'll see what this is like. So, so let's start with the woman, okay? And so for, for, for the woman, she, she is already being distracted, okay? So, so she's being distracted. And, and, and so 
it comes to that she's being distracted, which causes the man to be discouraged. You know, she's helping the world by taking on too much. You know, because she can't say no to people, you see, because saying no is painful. She's dealt with no a lot. No. You know, people have told her no, and it's, and it's, and it's impacted her negatively. No, do you look nice? And maybe she's heard the no, it's like it maybe a jokingly no. But in some way, whatever it is, the woman's been rejected in a way, whether it was a yes, and then it was, but, but it was a no, the woman has felt rejection, and that seed of rejection has got her distracted. And now she puts on way too much on her plate. She tries to help the world. She's got too much on her plate. Doesn't have time for the man. However, we, we, could, we could flip the coin over and this could be reversed. It's fine, it can be. Taking on too much, doing, on, doing too much, doesn't have time for each other. So the man gets discouraged. The man gets discouraged. And, and one or the other, or even both get depressed. And the devil cleverly deceives and ultimately destroys their love. And in an and all-in-one in our Christian walk, we can face all five in a series of seated events of the devil, the D, the devil. And, and also, it's uh, so very true, so very true, it's so very true that sometimes, most often, it's not the inner me, but it's the inner me. Because I have to take extreme ownership of this thing. I'm talking about this is battlefieldology. I need to understand that I need to take ownership of this thing. So what am I putting value to? Why am I, why am I being discouraged of things? Why am I getting distracted? Why am I letting so much be distracted? I'm supposed to love my husband. I'm supposed to love my wife. Why am I getting distracted? Well, I don't have time for them. Well, wait a minute. Going out with the boys or going out with the girls or, or, or helping all these people or taking on all these jobs, doing all this stuff. You know, has got me so distracted, it's put pain in my body, it's put pain in my mind, I'm stressed out, and now I, 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 I don't have time for you. And now I've discouraged you. Or, 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 or now I've, I'm discouraged. I've discouraged you. And now, and now we both get depressed. And now, now this vicious ball of this orb of, of cycle keeps going around and it keeps repeating itself. And now it happens. Now I get distracted by opening a bottle. Now I get distracted by going places I shouldn't go, looking at things I shouldn't look, buying things I don't really need. I get distracted. I get discouraged of, of, of being part of this person's life. I get discouraged of, of you know, of, of staying put, of, of being the, the devoted husband, of being the devoted wife. I get, I get discouraged of moving forward. I get discouraged of going to church. I get distracted because, you know, there's so many busy things going on. And I get distracted from the church, from God. I get distracted from reading. I get distracted. I get discouraged. I'm like, oh man, I don't know. Maybe this isn't, you know, I don't know. I get discouraged. I'm like, I, maybe I shouldn't go because I've, I've been out for four Sundays. I don't want to do it online because the background, look at my house, it's kind of messy. I, or I don't want to go. I want to be six feet apart. I'm, I'm distracted. I'm, now, now I'm discouraged from going. 
I'm popping the bottle, I'm distracted. I'm doing this or that, I'm distracted. Now I'm discouraged. And now I'm depressed. Now I'm depressed. Now I'm depressed. I'm opening ice cream. I'm, I'm clicking down. I'm, I'm scrolling through the revolver. I'm thinking, well, maybe I'll just put one in. Maybe a little thing. Maybe it'll wake me up somehow. Or maybe it'll just end everything. I don't know. Maybe I'll just take all these pills. I don't know. I'm depressed. Or maybe I need to take some pills. Maybe not the whole bottle. Maybe I need to, you know, maybe I should go out and get drunk. Or, or maybe I should just go out with the boys and just, you know, look around. Maybe you should go to this club or something. You know, I'm just discouraged from moving forward, from doing the right thing. I'm distracted. I've got all these things going on. The devil is what? He's, he's deceived me. I'm deceived. Before it's too late, he's destroyed me. He's destroyed my love. He's destroyed my faith. My relationships with my relationships and my relationship with the holy and an awesome God who loves me and put his only begotten son on the cross to die because I'm worth it because he loves me and I don't have time for him. I got distracted. I don't have time for God. I got, I got discouraged. I got depressed. It got too deep. I went too deep. I tried to be an undercover Christian and now I'm, now I'm, I'm depressed. And Satan deceives. And the inevitable burns in our very being. He destroys our faith. He destroys us from stepping into the best season of our life. He destroys our marriages. He destroys us. He destroys the holy temple of God, our bodies. One more puff, one more drink. Next thing you know, the car is wrapped around the telephone pole. And now, those people are gone. One argument. Because we can't get plugged into the Word of God. We can't, we can't put God first. We can't get God focused. We, we get distracted. We, we follow these five. The, the Satan uses these five and we fall for it every single time. So all along with our Christian walk and everything, we face these five in a series of seated events and of a seated events of deed, the devil. And it is also so very true. Yes, it's so very true that it's not the inner, it's not the enemy, it's the inner me. It's what we put in is what we get out. What we've put value to, the women, we put value to what people said. We, we you know, it's, it's, it's none of our business what people are saying about us. We, we need to be careful, you know, be careful what you put value to. It will destroy you. Just be careful what we put value to. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true what those people are saying. You're better than that. God says different. That's not true. That's not true. No, you're not. No, you're not fat. No, you're not ugly. That's not true. God says different. God says you are wonderfully, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. No, that's not true. That's not true what those people are saying. When they're laughing, making jokey joke and poking, it's like poking a dead animal with a stick. No, that's not true. You walk funny. No, that's not true. You look funny. You dress funny. No, that's not true. You are beautiful. You are wonderfully, fearfully, and wonderfully made. You are greatness. You are a miracle waiting for a place to happen. We will not stand by. We will not let the inner me destroy us by falling prey to the enemy. 
the devil who is out there like a roaring lion. The thing is, is he's out there roaming around like a roaring lion. But the thing is, is he is not the lion of Judah. And the roar comes right here, right now. We let out a holy roar in the name of Jesus, cutting down all demonic forces in the name of Jesus, putting them in the courts of heaven, in the sectors of heaven, wherever God sees fit, in Jesus' name. God's gavel. God has already placed the judgment. He's already won the battle. Satan can sit around laughing it up all he wants to, but God has the victory. In Jesus' name, hold fast to your faith. Stay in the fight. Don't get distracted. Don't let number one, the distraction. And don't let number two, the discouragement. And don't let number three, the depression. And then don't let number four, the, de the deception. And obviously, number five, the destroying. Don't let the destroyer in. We don't want to get distracted. We don't want the discouragement. We don't need the depression. We don't want to fall to the deception. And we will not let him destroy our faith our marriages, our children, our lives, our jobs, what God and God who, who God says we are. So what are some thoughts on how God's will and how we can, how we can bring a positive slip to this and a positive uh, thing, at least, at least four methods. Maybe, maybe we could just list some four D's about like, let's, let's just say decree. God sovereignly decrees and, de and designs circumstances so that we end up where He wants us. God sovereignly decrees. Decree, number one, decree. God sovereignly decrees and designs circumstances that we will end up where He wants us, even if we don't have any conscious part in getting there. For an example, I mean clearly for an example, when Paul and Silas found themselves in jail. Amen? When Paul, when Paul and Silas found themselves in jail, and the result was the salvation of the jailer, remember? The jailer and his household. That's found in Acts. The actual recording of that is found in Acts chapter 16, verses 24 through 34. This was God's plan, not Paul's. This was God's plans, not Paul's. Amen? God does this often, putting us in places we did not plan or decide to be, like even listening in today. This is the leading of a decree. It is, it is unique above the other three uh, leadings because it includes them since God decrees. Since God decrees include all our decisions. Since God decrees, you know, include all of our decisions because it happens infallibly. It happens infallibly since, you know, since no purpose of God's can be thwarted. I mean, listen to that. In Job 42, 2, it says, no purpose of God's can be thwarted. Again, no purpose of God's can be thwarted in Job 42, 2. It clearly says it right there. No purpose of God's can be thwarted. The other three leadings uh, of God involve, you know, involve us being consciously led. Direction, number two, direction. This simply, uh, you know, this is simply what God does for us by giving us the commandments and the teaching of the Bible. They direct us, you know, specifically to do what, you know, what we need to be doing. Amen. 
I mean, for instance, they, they direct us specifically what to do and what not to do. And, and, so, and so here we go. You know, the Ten Commandments. The ten, the ten Commandments are an example. Don't steal, don't kill, don't lie, you know, and so on and so forth. The, the Sermon on the Mount is another. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. <laughs> ah, for some of us, that's difficult, yeah? The, the epistles are another way. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Put on humility. This is the leading, this is the leading of direction. Do, do, you, do you see that? God reveals his direction in the Bible. And number three, discernment. Most of the decisions we make are not spelled out specifically in the Bible. Discernment is how we follow God's leading through the process of spiritually sensitive application of biblical truth. Spiritually a sensitive application of biblical truth to the specifics of our current situation, of, current, of situations. And Romans 12, chapter 2 describes it. And they describe it, and it describes it like this. It says it like this. Do not be conformed to the world, by, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is. That which is good and acceptable and perfect. Do not be conformed. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is. That which is good and acceptable and perfect. In this case, God does not declare a specific word about what to do, but His Spirit shapes the mind. Shapes the mind in the heart. Shapes the mind in the heart through, through the word and prayer through the word and prayer so that we may have uh, inclinations towards so, so that we may have inclination towards what, what would be the most glorifying uh, thing to him and, and you know obviously to help others so discernment and number four uh, declaration number four declaration this is the this is the least common this is the least common means of God, God's leading. He, he simply declares us to, uh, declares us that, we'd, uh, that, that we should, declares what we should do. Yeah? He, he simply declares to us what we should do. What, what, what should we do? He declares to us what should we do. I mean, for, for example, let's look, according to Acts chapter 8 and verse 26, the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Get up, go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. The angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. And according to Acts chapter 8, 29, the Spirit said to Philip, Go and join this chariot. The Spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. Notice three implications. First, we should always rest in the decrees of God. They will always be, you know, for our good. They will always be for our good if, if you know, if we, uh, if we love Him and are called according to His purpose. They, are, they will always be for the good. If we love Him, are called according to his purpose. Romans 8.28 says this should remove the worry from, from our lives and, and put us at peace as we seek 
you know, as we seek the, the directed, the discerned, and the declared leading of the Lord. You know, second, there's an implication that God's leading, of, God's leading of decree may bring about acts that are contrary to his leading of direction. Of his leading of direction, discernment, or declaration. In other words, he may be direct, thou shalt not kill, but decree the murderous death of his son. You see? Acts chapter 4, verse 28. There are mysteries here. There are clearly mysteries here, but it is the it is, it is it, but it is manifest in dozens of places in the Bible that God wills. Yeah. But but it but it manifests many. It, it, there are mysteries here, but it manifests in dozens of places in the Bible that God's will. Uh, you know, some things to come to pass which forbids His word. Which, which is forbidden in his word. There are mysteries. They manifest in dozens of places in the Bible that God's will, God's, God wills that some things come to pass which he forbids in his word. Thou shalt not kill, but decree the murderous death of his son. Just an example. Finally, our confidence that we are tracking accurately, you know, that we are tracking accurately with God in each of these leadings increases us as we move from the bottom of the list, from, from the bottom to the top of the list, yeah? So with, with you know, our confidence, our, uh, finally our confidence, that we are tracking accurately with God. I just want to uh, come into this uh, with, uh, you know, that we are tracking actively with God and each of these leadings increases us as we move from the bottom to the top of the list. Subjectively uh, perceived declarations from God are at least common and most easily abused uh, of all of the ways God leads. Our confidence that we have known the will of God that we have known the will of God in this method will not be as great as, as the other methods that we, can, uh, that we can relate directly to God's written word. Discerning uh, what to do on a basis of biblical principle when we do not have a specific command, you know, a specific command for our exact decision. Our exact decision will, lead, uh, will yield less confidence than when we uh, have an explicit uh, direction in the Bible, an explicit direction in the Bible, and the truth uh, that God is sovereign and guides us, He guides us, and the truth that, that, that God is sovereign and He guides us all things, that is the rock bottom confidence under all others, and it is a good place to rest, amen? It's a good place to rest. So let's be clear that the battle theology 101, you know, that, that, that plan to destroy us is, you know, coming clear there. You know, for our spiritual safety, we must not be ignorant of his devices. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Disappointment 
being disappointed anytime we look to people we can be disappointed but if we trust and believe in God we won't be put to shame first Peter 2 6 discouragement when we dwell on disappointments it automatically leads to discouragement but God has given us the scriptures to encourage us doubt discouragement left unchecked leads to doubt when Peter took his eyes off Christ focused on the wind and he began to sink. Amen. Division, doubts and worries can lead to division of our loyalties. These can also lead to divisions between people and distancing from God. So being aware of those, that's why we want to go back and we want to definitely look at those. Being aware of these devices can help us fight against them and focus on God's plan instead. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. God will never fail you. In our relationships, we must clearly understand. And in our lives, in, in, in our spiritual lives, in our, in our relationship lives, whatever it may be, you know, we must focus on, and not necessarily focus, but understand and keep in mind, keep your head on a swivel, not to get distracted. Why are you distracted? Let God speak to you. Jonah, why do you feel the way you do? Distraction, discouragement, depression, deception, and destroy. Those are all tools that the devil uses. Amen. God decrees, sovereignly decrees, and designs circumstances that we end up where he wants us to be, even if we don't have a conscious part in getting there. Amen. We need direction. God gives us direction. If simply what God does for us by giving us commandments and teachings of the Bible. Discernment. Most decisions that we make are not spelled out, you know, specifically in the Bible. Discernment is how we follow God's leading through the process of spiritually sensitive application of the biblical truth to the specifics of our, you know, situation. Declaration, you know, is the least common means of God leading. He simply declares to us what we should do. Amen. So may we understand that, uh, and, and, you know, d discerning uh, what to do on the basis of biblical principle is when we do not have a, a specific command for our exact decision, it will, it will, yield, it will yield less confidence. And, that, and, that, and that, there it is there. That's where it will yield less confidence than when we have an explicit direction in the Bible. And, and, and the truth that God is sovereign and guides all things. God is sovereign and he guides all things is the rock bottom. It's the rock bottom confidence under all others. And it is a good place to rest. So in closing, I pray that you are blessed by this message and that you get a clearer picture on maybe Satan is distracting you. Maybe he's confusing and there's spirit of confusion there's strife and there's all these things and you're distracted whatever it is if it's the bottle if it's distracted by doing too much or something that we're doing in our lives and understanding that ultimate plan of the devil is to destroy and whether he's using those things to to you know distract us to discourage us and to, we fall into depression and then he deceives us and then he destroys us May you walk into this dark world carrying the light of the gospel forevermore. 
May God speak to you in this message and may you be forever changed. May the glory of God come upon you. May you be actively living in the word of God. Thank you for listening. May you walk into this dark world carrying the light of the gospel forevermore.